season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jace Riggling and I'm the host. This weekend we've got three of the top prospects in the 2025 class. This week, this episode is going to be number one of those three. We've got the number 14 player overall in the class of 2025. we got South Carolina baseball commit Cannon Golden on the show. Buford High School right there. Um, today we discussed his summer ball. We discussed the perfect game select fest he took a part of last year. Um, talk about the recruiting process and why South Carolina ended on top. Also dig into the advisor selection process and just relationships he has with coaches, teammates, and even some guys that he's trying to get to the University of South Carolina. Um, so we'll dig in and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have the number 14 player in the nation for the 2025 class. We got South Carolina baseball commit Cannon Golden on the show. Cannon, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How you doing? Doing awesome. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Let's go. Let's get started. So uh, one question I always like to ask everybody when I get them on the show is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Cannon Golden? I mean, you know, I don't really like talking about myself, but, um, you know, I'd say I have a pretty strong personality, um, especially on the field. I mean, off the field, um, I mean, I'm good. I like to hang out with friends, um, you know, have a lot of energy, Um try to do as good as I can in school, but I mean, yeah, just, that's kind of how I describe myself. All right, man. So your class 2025, meaning you just ended your freshman year, but you're already committed to South Carolina, a legit baseball program. So let's dig into how that all happened. So when did that recruiting process start for you? And when did you start getting noticed by some of those D1 teams? You know, I mean, it started really early for me. Um, you know, kind of like seventh grade when quarantine hit, actually. Um, that was kind of when school started to kind of reach out and stuff and just want to see my swing and all that. So it started really early, but, I mean, um, it was really fun. Yeah. So what was what was that first – you don't have to name drop the school, but what was that first conversation you had with the college program and you realized, okay, man, like that recruiting process is starting for me. I'm, I'm getting looked at by some legit baseball programs. You know, I, I was kind of nervous to talk to, um, you know, a college coach for the first time. But the more and more I talked to schools, the more and more, like, I got in conversations. I mean, I kind of realized that, you know, they're regular people, too. Um, they have families. They have they have a life, too. So it was a lot easier to have conversations with them um, kind of when I started getting deeper into the recruiting process. And, you know, it was cool. I was just trying to live in the moment. Um, not everybody gets to get recruited every single day. And I just try to enjoy that experience um, as much as I could. Yeah. So when those teams started reaching out to you, was it a lot with offers or was it kind of just having phone calls with them, getting to know you? And how long was it after you started talking to teams that teams started to offer you? You know, um, some schools just everybody has their different way of recruiting, which, um, you know, that's I mean, that's all right. Um, but, you know, a lot of schools just showed interest. Um, a lot offered. 
you know, everybody just has their different way of doing it. And, um, I mean, that's, that's kind of it. Um, I, res- I mean, I respect all the schools, whether they offer me or not, because, um, yeah, everybody has a different way of doing stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Obviously, a uh, perfect game. Their rankings have you at number 14. So I'm sure you were recruited by a lot of high-end, uh, big-time programs in the SEC, um, Power 5 overall, throughout the nation, I'm assuming. So what was it that stood out at South Carolina that just put them um, number one and ended up having you commit in there? You know, um, I love the coaches over there, Coach Kingston, Coach Callier, Coach Parker. I mean, they're all great. They kind of feel like family to me now. Um, you know, I love the environment there, um, Founders Park on a Friday night is just unreal. Um, I mean, that really stuck out to me. And the history of the program, I mean, two national championships, um, 2010, 2011, um, made it and lost to Arizona in 2012. I mean, just just the rich history it has. Um, and that was one of the most comfortable places I felt. Um, I've, I could definitely envision myself going to school there when I committed. Yeah. So, obviously, like I said, you're in between your freshman and sophomore year now in the summertime. So what was it that made you commit so early? Because obviously, I mean, it is kind of early in your high school career. A lot of big-time guys are committing like yourself, but some guys do wait down the road to their sophomore, junior year. So what was it that was like, okay, right away, like I do want to I do want to go to South Carolina? You know, um, I took a little bit. Um, you know, I thought over it for a couple months. And, um, I mean, I kind of just realized this was the place for me. And, um, you know, I wanted to build my recruiting class um, with – great people, great baseball players. So I was one of the first people to commit in my class. And um, I started reaching out to great baseball players across the country to try to get them to come with me. And um, that's, that's one of the special parts about committing early is building a family with your recruiting grade and all that, just building that family and bond for when you go into college. Yeah. That was actually a question I had for you coming up. Uh, So uh, with you obviously committing so early, are you like you kind of work as kind of recruiter for the South Carolina baseball program? Yep. Just in a way, I am. Um, you know, a lot of high end guys, I see them every tournament, run into them. And it's a cool community. Travel baseball is a great community because, um, I mean, you see the best players in the country every single weekend in the summer. And um, I got just got to know guys and um, talked to them about South Carolina. A couple of them ended up committing. So, yeah. Uh, so I see some of those guys that are committed to South Carolina in your class are from Georgia as well. Eli Pitts, Mercer Hudson, I saw as well. So do you have relationships with those guys and some other guys across the nation who are committed in your class as well? I, I do. I mean, I have relationships with all of them. Um, you know, Micah Matthews from Virginia, Patrick Dudley from Virginia, Kevin Polino, um, obviously Mercer and Eli, you know, all of them I have great relationships with. And um, we kind of talk. We talk regularly. Um, oh, Jen, Jen, he um, he lives in Gwinnett County too. I mean, we just they're just guys everywhere, great ball players everywhere that um, keep choosing South Carolina like the same way I did, which kind of proves that it's a great school. So, so how far is that South Carolina campus from where you're at in Georgia? Three and a half hours. Um, so I mean, that's it's very accessible for me and my family. Um, one of the big things actually recruiting for me was it being close to home. So my grandpa can come watch my games. You know, he's, he's probably one of my biggest supporters. So I kind of had to stay close to home for him, which it's about three and a half to, from his house too. So it's great. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing to be close to family. Like when I was playing ball, like that was always a big thing for me was being close with family, having them going to watch me play. But um, since you've committed to South Carolina, how has that relationship with that South Carolina baseball staff? How has that evolved? 
and just what's that relationship like with them right now? Um, you know, I mean, I see them all around, all, everywhere in the summer. I mean, you know, I know I can come to them with anything, talk to them about anything, which is great because a lot of people don't feel that way with their college coaches. And, um, I mean, we have a super strong relationship, um, call them on a daily basis, just whenever I need them, whenever um, I want to talk to them about a player, I just, I just call them and um, they pick up and, you know, I don't have to force anything. I don't have to like, I just kind of get to be myself around them. So. Yeah. So was, has that been like that since the beginning, just so uh, the comfortability or did it take a couple calls, a couple meetings to grow that um, relatability with them and build that relationship? You know, it, it, it takes a couple calls with everybody. Um, but yeah, when I was, when I was kind of deciding whether I wanted to commit, um, I just felt super comfortable with them and um, felt like I could trust them the most. So that kind of speaks for our bond. Yeah. So with the South Carolina campus being three and a half hours away from you, I'm assuming you've been to campus taking a couple of visits so far, right? I have, I have. It's okay. beautiful. Every, All right. Uh, so when, when you're going on a visit with the baseball coaches, with your family, what, what's a day like that like for you? Like, what are you, what are you trying to look at? Uh, what, just overall, when you went to South Carolina and Columbia, what was that visit like for you? You know, um, you don't want to mess up any recruiting violations or anything, so you try to be as careful as you can. But um, just seeing the stadium, seeing the campus itself, um, kind of seeing where you'll be taking your classes, um, seeing your dorms, everything like that. And um, when I went up there for the first time, I was, you know, I was amazed. Everything was so nice, clean, and it kind of just felt like home. Yeah. So let's let's move more directly to your play with Team Elite, your travel ball team. Obviously, it looks like you're playing right now. You're sitting in the middle of a rain delay. So what right. team are you at right now? I'm at the uh, UBC. Um, I mean, eight teams. It's a great tournament. All eight teams are really good. We're in a lightning delay right now. Um, we're in the fourth inning. So after this, I'll I'll be going back on the field. So all right. So UBC, that's in Cary, North Carolina, right? Um, no, it's in West Palm beach where the nationals and Astros have spring training. Okay. Okay. So with playing for team elite, who are some of, some of those other guys that you're playing with right now who have the chance to go play at some power five programs? Um, Tate sermons is going to South Carolina right now. Um, he's a 2024, um, Trent Grillinger. Um, he's going to long beach state. Um, Evan Hankins going to Tennessee. So, I mean, we, we have tons of talent, um, just tons of guys that compete. That's the one thing I like about this team is we compete um, no matter who we're playing, no matter the circumstances. So, yeah. So when did you first get connected with that team elite? Have you been playing with them your entire travel ball career? So I start, I came over to team elite when I was 13, um, you know, and that kind of just felt like the best fit for me and my family. Um, you know, we're in all the big tournaments. We're in front of all the scouts. Um, I trust the coaches. I love all the coaches and each and each. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the coaches and um, each grade and whatever. So, you know, I just feel very comfortable with Team Elite and they're kind of like family to me. So. Yeah. So that with the Team Elite program, are you sticking with the same coach every year or do they have a different coach for each age group? No, I mean, there's a different coach for each age group. But um, when you practice at Team Elite, all of them are on the same field. So you kind of get to know them throughout the years. Okay. So, obviously, Team Elite, they're a great program. I mean, I was looking through, as I was like just doing a little bit of research, I mean, they've got Clinton Frazier who went there, Brandon Marsh, Dylan Cease. I mean, tons of major league guys. 
So just with you being an insider of that program, just what's it like? What do you think's led to that success for them? You know, the coaches, they're um, about development over everything, um, developing you as a player and a person. So, um, you know, if if they're not going to throw you, if your arm's hurting, they're not going to do any of that. They they care about you as a player. They put you first, which um, leads to all those players like you just listed um, succeeding. So Okay. All right. So another thing that you've been, done in travel ball is play for the Perfect Game Select Festival. I believe that was last year, right? It was. Okay. So what was that experience like for you? How did you get connected with that? How, how did people reach out? And just overall, what was that experience like? What were the days like playing for the Perfect Game Select Festival? You know, I mean, it was really fun. Um, the top 40-something players in the country all playing together. Um, it was awesome. Made a lot of new friendships with a lot of guys, and it was great competition. Um, even the competition in the game room, ping pong and all that, that was – I mean, those are those are, those are are things you remember. Um, you know, the game itself, the game and all that's cool, but the relationships were probably – my favorite part of it and um you know perfect game kind of just watched me through um last year the 14 new year and um you know they they do a great job scouting every single year and they'll probably pick the right guys this year too so so like i mentioned before you're you're ranked number 14 by perfect game so obviously they did you good with that ranking uh when that ranking came out like did you have a feeling that you were gonna be ranked pretty high Uh, and then just what's your thoughts actually seeing yourself so high on the list uh, for the class of 202025. Well, um, PBR actually ranked me on um, 14th. Oh, okay, in the yes, nation. it was PBR. Um, it was. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, when that came out, um, you know, when that that came out, um, I mean, I really didn't know to think about it because I know a lot great, a lot of great players just aren't ranked as high or whatever. Um, but. I mean, I don't look too much in the rankings, um, never have, but I mean, I'm glad that they um, see me as a good player and um, and they respect me as a player, which I love. But I mean, I don't really look that closely in the rankings. So, yeah, I like most players that I talk to, they say don't, they really don't look much into it. But, you know, it is a cool thing for players to be ranked by a, a nationwide, a nationwide uh, ranking and have have their name just pop up. I always like to ask the players that. Um, but let's dig into your high school season a little bit. So you just got done with your high school freshman season. So what was your freshman season like? What was it like playing up against some older guys? You know, it was fun. Um, you know, we had a we had a team of majority seniors, and um, you know, it was probably the best probably the best freshman season I could ask for playing for Buford. Um, you know, we lost in the final four against Pope, but um, just the experiences I had, getting to know um, great teammates. Um, Dylan Lesko, Riley Stanford, um, Jackson Gaspard, Stan Zagrodnik, just, just a bunch of people going power five schools. Um, you know, it was, it was really fun. I got to play some, um, you know, it's probably one of the better atmospheres I've been in, um, playing baseball and I, I couldn't ask for anything better. especially me. Yeah. So for a guy like Lesko, obviously he's supposed to be a first round pick this year. What's it like watching a guy like that day in and day out, kind of a couple years older than you, a couple years ahead of you in the process? What's it like learning from a guy like him, just seeing his day-to-day routine? You know, um, he's a great person. Um, Just seeing him in the locker room every day, he's a great leader. And, you know, no matter if he has a good game, bad game, um, great game, he always has the same body language. He, um, 
always goes and signs autographs for the little kids after the game. Um, always has a smile on his face. And I mean, that's, that's the professional right there. Like somebody who, somebody who can do that, even if they had a bad game. And, um, you know, I really try to really try to, um, be like him in that way. So, yeah. Yeah. So you said you had a lot of seniors this year. So what's the outlook on next season? You know, we have, we have some good young guys, um, like Ethan Murray, um, he's going to Georgia Tech 2024. Um, Nate Taylor, he's a good right-handed pitcher. Um, you know, we have talent um, coming through. And, um, you know, Buford sports, it really isn't all about talent. I mean, we've we've won tons of state championships and tons of sports with, the, with a team that doesn't have as much talent as the other side does. So, I mean, we – I mean, whether people want to say we have talent or not doesn't matter. Um because we know what we have. All we have is what we need. Yeah. So playing in Georgia, I mean, that's a really baseball-heavy state. So who are some of the toughest uh, pitchers that you got to face this year that you kind of remember, like, man, like, coming in as a freshman, you was a what, 14, 15-year-old during the season? What was mm-hmm. it like facing some guys yes. who were quite a bit older than you? Um, you know, it was fun um, just being able to compete. Um, man, I held my ground throughout the year. Um you know, we played great schools like um, Houston County, um, St. John's Country Day, Tampa Jesuit. I mean, we played a lot of good schools. And so, I mean, that was fun. Just just, just the overall experience facing great arms, D1 arms, um, that was really fun. So. Yeah. so, overall, just looking back at your first high school season, what would you say would be tougher? Playing up against those 17, 18-year-olds who are growing beards going to college next year or when you're facing up against elite prospects of your own age group? Um, you know, that's hard to say because um, high school, you could either see an elite arm or just a normal high schooler. Um, but, I mean, in travel ball, you, you're, seeing the best, you're seeing the best players every single day, but they're your age. So, I mean, if you're, if you're in a high-end game, I'd probably say high school, but um, – if, if it's just a normal everyday Wednesday afternoon game, I'd probably say I'm travelable. So. Okay. All right. So you talked about Lesko there for a little bit, signing autographs. So with you being so highly ranked, have there been autograph chasers chasing after your autograph yet? Or has that not really um, been part of the story yet? They, they have. Um, you know, I got to get better on my signature myself. But um, when I was at USA Baseball Trials, um, we had to sign a bunch of cards, and um, they're kind of out on the market now. So, you know, it's it's kind of cool to see your autograph out there for sale. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of surreal because you because you you remember being a little boy like trying to get autographs from all these players, and now you're the one giving them. So it's it's cool for yeah. sure. Yeah. So what so what, when you had your first guy come up to you and ask for an autograph? what was going through your head? Like, were you like, man, like someone actually wants my autograph? Like what, what was that story like for you? I didn't really know what to do. I just kind of, it just kind of felt surreal for a moment. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I have still have a bad signature. I got work on that, but um, yeah, it was just pretty surreal. Just yeah. realizing that somebody, my signature. So. Well, I mean, hell yeah, man. Like I'm sure that was I'm sure a cool story. Uh, free in the future to tell but um you're also a great football player um so was there any recruiting buzz for you for football as well or was it always in your mind that you wanted to go play baseball in college 
Um, I mean, there's a there, there's some buzz um, recruiting wise for football. Um, you know, I really just try and enjoy both sports and their seasons. Um, you know, I value football as well. So um, I just have fun playing both sports. And, um, you know, what what comes to me comes to me. So, yeah. So how are you balancing that schedule right now? Because obviously football season starting in August. I'm sure you guys are doing some two a days right now practicing. So how are you balancing that schedule right now? Uh, I mean, it's tough. Um, just being honest, it's really hard. Um, you know, trying to learn the playbook, um, then going to play a game. When we play in Atlanta, um, actually, I work out, have football practice in the morning, um, and then go to the game. So okay. it's it's a lot, but um, I enjoy every moment of it. So yeah. So you're playing in Atlanta right now. You said, oh no, never mind. You said you're in Palm Beach, right? Okay. Yes. So I'm missing this football. Yeah. So what are what are you in football? You're a you're a, a wide receiver, right? You know, I'm, I'm a slot, and um, I play some safety, too. So, those are two positions that um, that are kind of valued in the Buford offense. Um, and I feel like with more practice, definitely on offense, um, with more practice, I'll start feeling more comfortable with that. And, uh, I mean, I've always had a nose for football and defense. So Okay. All right. So, let's let's actually dig into some of your on-the-field on play. So, obviously, your primary outfielder. Is that the plan to stay when you head to South Carolina? Yes, um, you know that's that's kind of the plan. I feel, I feel like I'm able to use my speed out there and everything, so it's pretty good. Yeah. So if you were a scout watching your game, what would be your personal scouting report on yourself? You know, I, I'd say I play really fast. Um, you know, I play electric. Um, I try to play as exciting as possible, whether that's diving for a ball, um, beating out a ground ball, um, hitting a ball in the gap, running. You know, I say I play with a lot of speed, um, and I mean sometimes, sometimes I'll I'll poke a ball in the gap like I did a couple minutes ago. But um, the yeah, ads, I say I play really electric. So okay, so what's your what's your approach when you're heading up to the play? Obviously, you're on the end duck circle, watching the guy ahead of you, watching the pitcher, and then you start walking up to the batter's box. What's going through your mind? What are you trying to do with each at bat, each pitch? You know, I mean, I'm trying to. Obviously, the technical stuff, staying behind the ball, um, keeping my hands inside, staying through the ball. But really, I'm trying to attack on the best pitch I see early in the count. Um, I don't like it late in the count, seeing off speed. So I really try to attack fastball um, early in the count because that's probably the best pitch you'll see and um, just try to drive it. So. Okay. All right. So as you said, out three years before you head to South Carolina. So what are some things that you want to try to work on most and some of the biggest things? that you might consider a weakness at this point in your game? You know, um, you'll never have a perfect swing as you play baseball. Your swing will never be perfect. So, obviously, just working on little stuff like that and um, just trying to get my arm stronger um, from the outfield because I feel like that's a spot where I can get better, um, you know, in the fall and in the winter, getting on an arm program and um, ramping that up before the season. But um, – you know, just a swing. What I love about baseball is just you're always working. Like, you'll never have anything perfected. So, yeah. So, being in Georgia, are you a big Atlanta Braves fan? Or are there some Braves outfielders you like to model your game after? Or I, some guys you uh, like watching the majors? Um, Harris, who just got called up, I feel like um, the center fielder, he plays really fast. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, 
my swing's similar to his. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm a Acuna or anything. Um, you know, driving balls 500 feet, I, I feel like I play at Michael Harris. So, okay. all right. So let's let's dig into your advisor selection process. Obviously, I told you before we started recording that I'm trying to be an advisor, well, MLB agent once I graduate from college here in a couple of years. So whenever I get a player on, I like to talk about just their selection process, what it was that made them choose their advisor, how advisors reached out. So when was it that advisors started reaching out and what was that main uh, source of reaching out? Was it through the phone, Instagram? Uh, how was that? Um, well, last summer, um, 14 years summer, um, a couple of advisors came out to watch my games and, um, you know, I feel like I can trust those people with, um, decisions I've coming up. Um, you know, some of them are family friends that I've known for a while and, um, you know, with their company, they do it right. Um, so I feel, I've, I just feel comfortable with them. I feel like good, bad, ugly. I can, I can come to them with anything. So, um, that was, that was kind of the process. Um, there wasn't as deep of a, a process as like the whole recruiting thing was. Um, it was a lot more like calm and all that, but um, that's kind of how it went. Yeah. So were there multiple companies that reached out to you or when your company that you did end up, um, a, a, you did end up kind of choosing did what, were they the first one that reached out? They were the first one. Um, a couple of them reached out, but um you know, they're, they're a really good company, have really good players. Um, you know, arbitration is a big thing and, um, they do a great job with that. And there, there were other ones, but, um, I just feel very, very comfortable where I'm at right now. Okay. So now that you've chosen the company that you did, like how, how, how often are you talking to your advisor and what are those conversations like just right now being so young? You know, I mean, I'm talking to them whenever I have a question or if I just want to talk to them, um, the conversations really aren't as serious as they would be like as somebody going into the draft or somebody like playing pro baseball right now. But, um, you know, if I have a question about my swing, um, have a question about what's coming up in school ball, travel ball, I mean, they've, they've seen it, they've been through all of it. So, um, that's kind of just like, the conversation side with them awesome yeah like like i said i, I just like to ask you guys what, what the player side of things that way when i'm kind of in the recruiting process two three years down the road i kind of get like the players vibe and what they're thinking um but just a couple more questions for you let's move on beyond the baseball field we talked about baseball enough so what are some things you like to do when you're not playing baseball what are some of your passions you like to do beyond the field um you know we, we already talked about football football's Definitely. Um, if I mean, if I'm not playing baseball, I'm at football practice or I'm playing football or I'm at a camp or or whatever. Um, you know, that that's probably the main thing I do. There's not a lot of not a whole lot of time in between that. Um, but I mean, I really enjoy it. I play for one of the best programs in the country year in, year out. Um, Buford, we have tons of state championships. We just won one last year. Um, we three-peated, which that was awesome to be a part of. Um you know, just being able to play in that game, that was awesome. But um, that's probably the main thing I'm doing outside of baseball. Okay. So when you're not playing sports, what are some things you like to do in your hometown? Just what are some things you like to do when you're hanging out with friends? Like are you going four-wheeling, playing video games? What exactly do you like to do when you're uh, with your buddies? 
you know, um, playing video games, obviously, um, but just kind of going out to eat, um, going to get some ice cream sometimes, um, just talking because, I mean, all of us, all my friends are super busy. They all play travel baseball, too. So, you know, whenever we can just get a time to just sit down and, like, talk and laugh, I mean, that's that's kind of what we do. So, yeah. well. They're real similar, similar. I'm from a small hometown. That's similar. We really have nothing to do besides going four wheeling, going playing golf. We got one golf course in the county, uh, so like we're from a. That's that's, that's really all we get stuck doing. But one, uh, go ahead. My my golf swing does not. My baseball swing does not translate into my golf swing. Oh, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, so is mine. Like I'm, I go and swing, and people are like, "What you think you're playing baseball or something?" Because I'm just so. Still used to the, the whole process of the baseball right. swing, and my balls are going like forty yards to the right or like forty yards to the left. Uh, but one last question for you: So NIL, that's a new thing. Obviously, you can't make money off NIL until you head to college. But has it crossed your mind at all as maybe a possible company you'd like to work with once you graduate from high school and head to college campus? Um, you know the NIL stuff's cool, but I don't really have a good feel for it. Um. I mean, I'm – I don't really look into NIL. I mean, I'm starting to see it in football, like people committing to schools that hand out the most NIL money. I mean, I don't really care. I'm trying to find the best fit for me. And, um, you know, it's not it's not a big deal to me yet. But, um, you know, we'll see as I get more of an understanding of it and the whole country gets more understanding of it because I don't think a lot of people really understand it yet. So, yeah. There's, there, there's a lot of education that needs to go down. As I talk to some college kids, I mean, even, there's a lot of colleges that still don't educate their, their current college athletes as much as what they should. That's something that definitely needs to change. I mean, that's why they call it the wild, wild west of NIL. Tons, tons of stuff still to be learned, tons of stuff to be settled here these next couple of years. But, Cannon, that's all the questions I got for you, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, hopefully some of you are not, probably not this summer, but maybe next summer I'll be at a tournament that you're at get you some podcast merch wear that around a little bit uh but like i said just appreciate coming on the show and i wouldn't wish you the best of luck this weekend best of luck the rest of your career yes sir definitely um you know let's stay in touch i appreciate it And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR Podcast. I'd really like to thank Cannon for coming on the show today. Great ball player. Can't, to see, can't wait to see how his career ends up, whether that's going to South Carolina for a couple of years, going straight to pro ball. Really excited for this kid's future. Got a bright future ahead of him. But make sure to check out these next two episodes this weekend, as tomorrow we've got Mississippi State commit Noah Franco on the show. Also got Sunday Arkansas commit Landon Schaefer, two great ball players, the number five and the number six player in the nation for their class. Both great ball players as well. So make sure to check that out. But for any more updates on the podcast, make sure to check out our website and our social media. Website's going to be www.jkrpodcast.com. They're going to kind of get episodes going on right now, the background of the podcast, how it got started. Then check out our social media. That's going to be on Twitter and Instagram at jkr underscore podcast. There you're going to find out our Enlightened Thursday, our Instagram takeovers, to uh, find out. Um, what's going on with each episode. So make sure to check those out. Um, But with that being said, I'll catch you guys for the other two episodes this weekend.